Hello, everyone. You're listening to In the Weeds, an agriculture podcast hosted by Monica Jean and the Michigan Field Crops team. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another In the Weeds podcast with Monica Jean. Uh, Thank you for joining us. My name is Monica Jean. I work in the Saginaw Valley area. And I work with row crop growers. And today um, I'm on again with Sarah Franzak, my um, my great companion here on the on the podcast. So thanks for coming back, Sarah. And we're also here here with Neil Taylor, um, a farmer in the Western Lake Erie Basin, uh, who is utilizing manure and is currently um, operating an organic system. But I'll let I'll let Neil tell a little bit more about himself. So let's start with introduction. Sarah, you want to go ahead yeah. and. Thanks, Monica. I'm Sarah Franzak. I'm an environmental management educator with MSU Extension, and I work out of the Hillsdale office, but I cover the whole state. I help farmers make good environmental choices on their farms. Neil, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Sure. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Neil Taylor. Uh, I farm on a small family farm in Monoway County, um, and we are 100% certified organic, and we manage our nutrients using um, a manure. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for being here with us. Do you think you could tell us a little bit about how you got into agriculture and your background? So uh, we are a centennial farm. um, And so I'm the fifth generation. And so I kind of grew up doing doing farming. And that's what I'd like to continue to do. Uh, I currently work an off-farm job also, uh, like many others do, but um, but that's how I got started in farming, was born into it. So I farm with my parents, and uh, we made a decision a few years ago to transition to organic, so we've been doing that. And um, before that, we did use uh, manure in our systems as well, but um, definitely that's a very primary aspect of our nutrient management program now today. So what commodities do you farm? So we do corn, soybeans, and wheat. Uh, Sometimes we do a little bit of barley. um, And then we also do some cover crops, um, primarily clover. I see. Um, How many acres do you manage? Uh, We're managing about 350. Okay. Um, All organic? All organic. Okay. Um, So you you transitioned to organic three years ago? Um, yep. So do, we've been certified three years and then, yeah, there was a three-year transition period before that right. to, to become organic. Okay. I know a lot of people use like hay and forages in that transition. Did you use any um, forages for transitioning? We did not. We just kept doing our standard rotation, um, basically a third, a third, a third of each of those commodities and just kept our our transition going. All right. So you're using manure as part of your organic system. Can you tell me a little bit about how long you've been managing manure as part of that system? Uh, So um, we've used manure for long before we were organic, uh, sometimes uh, traditional manure spreader with um, getting manure from different neighbors that have livestock and everything. But we did start using pelletized chicken manure uh, quite a while before we became organic. So we were 
very familiar with that process. And then we've gotten further into that. So sometimes it's pelletized chicken manure, sometimes it's raw uh, layer manure, sometimes it's uh, it's a blend of composted uh, manure and then other things added to it uh, that we're doing today. So is that poultry manure coming out of Indiana? That's where I see a lot of it coming out of in Hillsdale County. Um, a lot of it comes from um, actually up by Lansing. Uh, so we've mm -hmm. used uh, Herbrooks and uh, Morgan Composting uh, Company, Dairy Dew. So, okay. so the Western, you know, mid Michigan area. Okay. Um, so how do you really utilize manure in your cropping system? Um, I'm really familiar with more conventional manure usages and cropping systems. So if you want to give me the dirty details about how you use it in organics, I think that would be really interesting for me. Sure. So um, we do it pretty much like a lot of other people do. So we soil sample, we make sure that everything that we're putting on is actually needed. Uh, we've gotten into, in recent years, we do grid sampling uh, and we have a litter spreader that is capable of doing variable rate. So we can actually do prescriptions and get into the technology of it. A lot of times we just do a straight rate um, that, that there isn't much of a reason to, to do the variable rate, but we have that capability if we do see deficiencies in certain areas of the field um, and everything also. So um, primarily for us using manure, since we don't have any livestock and we're only a row crop farm, uh, we have all the manure hauled in. Uh, so there's a lot of trucking involved um, with that. When they haul it in at 50 tons at a time, it it gets here pretty quick. <laughs> Do you haul it in like right before you spread it or? Usually we try to time it um, as close to spreading as possible so that it's not sitting around and getting exposed to the elements um, any more than it has to. Um, chicken manure is pretty uh, decent, even if it gets rained on and everything, it's going to just form maybe a you know couple inch crust over the top of the pile of manure. And we like to use it as fast as possible, partly for that, partly so that it's not making the neighborhood smell, that type of thing too, trying to be, you know. Yeah, friendly um, to your neighbors. That's exactly. always a good plan. <laughs> um, do you, so you you spread the manure and then you work it in or yes what? that's that's our goal is to incorporate it as soon as we get it um get it spread so that there's no chance of runoff um we do incorporate other things since we're in the western lake erie basin and there's a lot of focus on runoff and everything we do have filter strips and all that set up uh between our field and and the, the waterways and everything so we are trying to manage all that, but absolutely, as soon as we can get it worked in, we're going to work it in um, mm -hmm. as soon as it's spread. Excellent. Is there anything in there, like a lesson you learned or something that you do differently now that, yeah, you you developed it or found it because you went organic, but it could have been helpful to you as any farmer? I mean, there's, there's a lot of lessons that we've learned, <laughs> um, I'd say, in the transition. Um, a lot of it is just being on top of all the documentation of everything that's done, which I think will also help um, in, in any cropping system, having all that documented. Again, like since there's a lot of focus on the Western Lake Erie Basin here, we're you know, having everything documented, like what the weather conditions were, things like that when you're spreading and everything, just documenting because organic needs all your records documented 
very closely. I think that can help most anybody um, just to have all their T's crossed, I's dotted so that nobody can come in and say you were doing a bad practice and you caused the algae bloom in Lake Erie. You can say, look, this is what we're doing to minimize all of that kind of stuff. And here's our documentation to prove it. So having really good records is something that I'd say anybody can benefit from. There's um for any small farms that are listening, there's actually a small farm record keeping sheet that's being published by MSU Extension. Um, and we might be able to link to it in the show notes, um, which is really helpful because it has things like wind speed and direction on it. How much did you haul? When did you incorporate? Those kind of basic questions that you're going to get if somebody does call um, a regulatory, like a regulatory agency on you and you have to give answers about the practices that you're doing. Um, so if, if you're interested in any of that, go ahead and check out our show notes. Um, so you haven't, have you been farming longer than the six years you've been working towards organic or did you get into it? Like as you decided to transition or, uh, so we've been farming, I mean, my dad's farmed his entire life and then I've been on the farm my entire life helping everything. So we've, you know, we, we've, we're no strangers to, to farming and a right. conventional system or now an organic system. So can you kind of, um, compare the two? Like, do you feel like, uh, that, you know, 10 years ago you were doing something completely like dramatically different or can you tell us a little bit about what those changes were between the two systems? I think we slowly made the transition, not necessarily by choice. We just kind of did. We started using some of the organic practices along the way, like using chicken manure for some of the, you know, organic matter uh, benefits that you get versus some of the synthetic fertilizers, um, incorporating cultivating into our operation uh, just to minimize some of the chemical usage. And um, and also it seems like cultivating in recent years has had some pretty good benefits for getting oxygen down into the soil for the crops to be healthy also, in addition to getting rid of weeds. So we were doing a lot of those practices before we said, yes, let's go ahead and be be organic. So, um, so kind of it's been a long-term transition. And then we finally hit a point where we said, yes, we're going to dive completely in and be a hundred percent organic. Where did you look for support during, um, like as you're making these organic transition changes? Uh, so some of the support has come from our certifier. So we certify through OFA, uh, and they've been a really great, uh, resource. Um, they're out of, out of Ohio. Um, and they, they help us with any questions that we have when it comes to organic. Uh, they're also who we get anything approved from uh, for putting an input into the field. So uh, if we get a uh, a compost uh, blend from uh, of you know from like Morgan composting or something, for example, we can send that to OFA and they'll review it, say yes, this is certified for organic. You're good to spread it. Um, so they've been a, a great resource um, and also. Uh, MSU has an, a beginning organic farmer training program, um, and that was that was helpful. Also, that I uh, went through some of some of that, and that was uh, that was very helpful in gathering some different resources to help in that transition. Right. 
Um, what kind of technology do you utilize uh, on the farm? So we've recently gotten a lot more technically advanced. Uh, so we are doing everything through auto steer uh, on the farm now. So uh, everything we do with steering is actually done with RTK. So we're um, we're, we're um, accurate within about half an inch. And that works really great for um, being able to plant and then run the same lines later when we go in and row cultivate, uh, things like that. Um, so that's that keeps us pretty much on the cutting edge of, of some of the steering and everything, which is great. Um, minimizes driver fatigue and everything that you can get a lot closer to the rows, um, take out as much weeds as you can uh, with... Uh, with doing the auto steer now. So that's mm -hmm. really great. Um, coupled with that, we're, we are able to then uh, do auto steer when we're spreading manure. Um, so we, you know, and like I said, we've got a variable rate spreader. So all of that is based off of our GPS location. Um, if we make a prescription for the field, it automatically changes rate as we go across the field and get into different zones. Or similarly, just as we change speed going across the field, uh, the spreader adapts immediately now. So a lot of good technology in that uh, that's extremely helpful for, for spreading that you can be pretty confident in the, um, the amount that you put on uh, across the field instead of, oh, I went a little bit slower here and the spreader didn't adapt and I put on way too much in a certain area or something because I had to slow down uh, because it got rough or something like that. So mm -hmm. how do you know um, the nutrient content to know like the rate right like how do you figure uh, that out so most of the places um with their chicken manure they've got an analysis if you go to like herbrook's website you can download the analysis for their um pelletized poultry litter right directly from there um similarly uh like with morgan compost we've gone ahead and sent them our soil samples and then they come up with a blend and they've got the analysis on that blend. Um, you know, that's a big thing that we have to then do is then send all that over to uh, our certifier, get it approved uh, for application. Uh, but um, they're really great about providing the, uh, the analysis of anything that we're putting on. Obviously with manure, your analysis can be a little um, different um, depending on what comes out of the spreader and where, but at least it gives you a fairly good idea what's <laughs> what, what's getting spread. Where are you really getting your information regarding kind of manure management? Uh, so a lot of that just comes from the organic guidelines. So again, going through our certifier of OFA, um, that's a great resource. Uh, if you actually go to OFA's website, they have a lot of different resources uh, on there, um, including, you know, different fact sheets like on compost and manure specifically. Um, so that's a great place for us to continue to check because, you know, everything that we're doing in our practice, we need to make sure is an approved practice uh, for the organic system as well. So we don't want to do anything that risks putting that certification uh, at risk uh, because it would be another three-year transition period if if you made a mistake that wasn't approved. Um, so so th that's a primary resource among with other studies and everything too. Um, there's a lot of uh, organic conferences that exist also where you can go and uh, connect with other farmers and see 
uh, talks on what what people are doing. So that's another information resource is just connecting with other farms. Um, and a lot of the certification places can kind of tell you where there's going to be a uh, a conference. I know like out in out at Purdue, they do a yearly conference and there's another um, conference, I believe in uh, Minnesota, specifically on organic practices uh, that that you can go and see talks and connect with farmers. So do you think that if a producer wanted to like go to the next step and either become organic certified or start using manure in their um, in their operation that there's enough, like enough places for people to go look for information or is there any like particular place you think they should start? I think there's a lot of resources out there and it just takes time to to find them all. I think uh, <laughs> I think there's there's a wealth of information out there now to to get to um but it's taken us uh you know diff several years to probably find and and get our our practice going in terms of uh, uh you know doing well in the organic system and part of that was we weren't connecting in person uh during our transition because covid fell during our transition period so um it was kind of you know calling around to the different certification agencies and uh getting more information that way so it was a little bit uh, interesting at that in that time of the world, but um, but certainly um, we found there's a lot of great resources out there. Mm -hmm. So um, we had connected before about the manure hauler certification program, um, and and you've been through that. So can you uh, you want to talk a little bit about your experience with that program? Sure. So. Um, a lot of the basically the manure hauler certification program through Farm Bureau is is really great and um, and everything it can get you you know your uh, <laughs> your discount on Farm Bureau insurance and everything but um, more importantly there's education uh, with it and essentially through I believe it's through MSU's website and everything you can go through different videos and um, little quizzes and everything about about spreading manure. A lot of it at the moment was pretty heavy on liquid spreading um, and not as much uh, uh, dry. We're actually spread. working on updating that. We're gonna... <laughs> so that's definitely good to hear because I know a lot of the uh, content I went through was um, uh, something that I, it, well, it was interesting. It's not something I'm going to use because we're, we don't have any plans on using liquid manure um, right. anytime, but uh, the program was helpful. I learned a lot in it. And then I think just in terms of showing the general public that we're doing everything we can to safely spread manure and do good nutrient management, it's just a good step of saying, yes, we're we're doing everything we can to stay on top of things, be educated, and um, do the right thing for the environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're working on getting those um, dry and, uh, and semi-dry um, manure uh, section out for that. We're hoping to get out early next year. Um, and so that'll be available for anybody to take. And it's, it's a desire to learn course. So you can find it um, on the MSU Extension website. And we can link to that in the show notes too. 
that, that process was also helpful. They do come out and do a, a yearly inspection of your equipment. So having somebody else put another set of eyes on your equipment is sometimes helpful too, just to, you know, see something maybe you didn't see in everything. Um, so that's part of the process of getting certified um, is that that annual inspection. We can't see the faults and things that we see all the time, right? Like you have to put that that different set of eyes on it to, to really help us find um, where we might have some safety or risk. Um, but ultimately the manure hauler certification program is a great um, way to cut back on risk when you are hauling manure. Um, it helps you understand what to do in an emergency if you have a spill. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good help that that can provide, um, to anybody that is thinking about or currently using manure in their, in their cropping system. Can you tell us more of like about what practices you have adopted on your farm? So we have filter strips next to any, uh, drainage ditch, uh, that we have. So, um, hopefully that's going to catch any any runoff and obviously we don't spread any manure into the the filter strip itself so um so that's one primary uh thing that's protecting our waterways as well as uh as we talked about earlier we incorporate any manure um as quickly as we can into the soil so that uh so there's no no room for it to run off um we're also doing our our soil samples so we're not over fertilizing uh, with different nutrients that we we don't want to put anything extra on that we don't have to um, that could end up in the groundwater or something like that. Are you guys utilizing any cover crops like legumes um, to help with nitrogen fertilizer? Yeah, so we um, when we do our wheat, we uh, frost seed clover into wheat um, and then uh, that clover crop grows. We also usually add uh, some fertilizer into that clover crop um, before we till it in, but that will go into corn the next year. So hopefully we're getting good nitrogen from the clover as well as coupled with the manure that we put on um, to to fertilize the, the, the corn crop. So do, do you work with any partners or... Um do any on-farm research? Um, so I would like to say that generally um, our us working with some of the uh, composting places and everything is kind of a partnership at this point that, you know, we, we send them our soil samples. They get us a blend that's tailored specifically to us. So we have a good working relationship with those companies to make sure that we're putting on the right nutrients that we need and not just doing something completely blind and putting on, you know, just some straight chicken manure at times that, you know, maybe we didn't need that specifically in our system. So um, I think we've got a good working relationship um, in that aspect. Um, in terms of on-farm research, we're 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 definitely checking out other things um in terms of our our practices and what we can do uh we tried a uh, fish soil amendment um this year so we'll see how that does when we get the yield monitor um going this fall um and see how how that actually performed and everything so you know we're trying different sections um and doing test areas so that we can see what worked and what didn't work so um we've got to keep uh <laughs> keep doing uh keep doing our own research so that we can keep getting getting better. Yeah. 
I wonder if Nielsvar might be a prime uh, subject for the yield enhancement network. We <laughs> do have, for we, we have a yield enhancement network where you enroll your own fields and kind of capture the practices you're doing. We take like nutrient cycling, sampling, and different kind of yield and quality standards. And then um, you can kind of see how you're doing. Um, it's based off the potential of that field. So you're not getting scored by someone else's potential, right? It's purely what you have submitted, that field, what its potential is and how much you're capturing. You get a lot of data back. Um, Michigan Wheat does that program. So if you're interested, you can talk to me. I'm on the Wheat team or Dennis Pennington's our Wheat Specialist. We have a few more um, yield enhancement network fields in Lenawing, I think. So it'd be a nice comparison. Um, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you really want to add? Um, let our listeners know about your use of manure and organic systems. Uh, I think just just that it's great to use the manure. Getting that organic matter is definitely a a really good thing to help out the uh, the soil quality. Um, that maybe you're not getting as much from some of the synthetic fertilizers and everything too. So there's a lot of pros to using the manure in the system, um, organic or not. So it's it's been a great tool for us throughout the longevity of the farm and not just strictly to our organic thing. Uh, once we made the transition, certainly it became even more important, but um, it's always been important to us to to treat the treat the soil right. <laughs> so next step, Neil, you're going to fence in all the acres and get some cattle or what's going on? <laughs> well, there's a lot of organic farmers that, that do yeah. something just like that, because what better way to uh, spread manure than to just let the uh, direct from the source. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, cattle are a 365 day a year commitment. Yeah. So, um, so it's a little bit harder to go on a vacation and stuff sometimes too, once you incorporate that in the system. But mm-hmm. I'm a full supporter of having animals in the system if that works right for you. So. Mm-hmm. Well, spreading manure is a great way to simulate that. Um, so we can still have some time off and mm-hmm. and and work our day jobs because you know, sometimes farmers aren't always full-time farmers and we have to remember that all kinds of farmers are still farmers. (laughs) So, um, I think I really, I really appreciate having you on with us today. Um, and you've given us a little look into manure use in organic systems. Um, anything else you two want to add before we sign off? Thanks for getting on, Neil. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. You're listening to In the Weeds, an agriculture podcast hosted by Monica Jean and the Michigan Field Crops team.